Are you tired, mama? Tired of feeling like you have to resign yourself to either being a hot mess mom who's drowning in the chaos of motherhood or a Pinterest perfect mom who looks like she has it all together, but on the inside, she's really miserable. The world keeps telling us that these are the only options, but that is such a lie. You can get out of victim mode and you can make changes to bring more joy to your life. And at the same time, you can find freedom in remembering that you can't control everything and you can stop striving for perfection. I'm Mackenzie Tricola, and I'd love for you to join me every week here on the Practically Joyful Mom podcast to talk about realistic ways to bring more joy to your mom life and how to choose to be joyful even when it feels like the chaos is winning. We'll talk about intentional parenting, simplicity, faith in following Jesus, connecting with your kids, taking care of yourself, and so much more. Are you ready to leave hot mess mom and Pinterest perfect mom in the dust? Are you ready to choose to be a practically joyful mom? Then welcome in, friend. I'm so glad you're here. Hey friends, I'm Mackenzie. Welcome back to Practically Joyful Mom. Today we're talking about talking and about listening. Specifically, I just want to talk about this feeling that I think a lot of us moms have of feeling unlistened to. The title of this episode, I Just Want Someone to Listen to Me, is something that I hear a lot of moms say, myself included, and I think a lot of us are feeling it whether we say it or not. So I think when we say this, I just want someone to listen to me, there are kind of two different things that we really mean when we say that. So I'll talk about the first one and then in a little bit we'll talk about the second one. So the first thing I think we sometimes mean when we say this is I want my kids to listen to what I say and do what I ask, basically. (laughs) Following instructions. Like, we want them to pick up their toys. We want them to actually listen to us when we give them the five-minute warning at the park. Or we want to not have their eyes glaze over when we tell them that something they did upset us. So that's the thing we're going to talk about first. When we feel unlistened to because we feel like our kids aren't, paying attention to our words and they aren't doing what we ask them to or they just aren't understanding what we're saying this is a big one right I think we have all been there we have all felt this so it's normal to want our kids to listen to us and to do what we're asking them to do to respond when we ask them questions to hear us when we're trying to have a conversation but we don't always feel like that happens, right? I know I often find myself in a place of feeling this way. So today I'm just sharing with you some of the perspective shifts and practices that have helped me and help me when I remember to do them, remember to think this way. And so hopefully these will be helpful for you too. The first perspective shift that I want for us to look at is this idea that God is the perfect parent, right? And his children don't always listen to him. I think sometimes we can feel like, well, if my kids aren't listening, it's because I'm, I'm doing it wrong. I need to follow this book or that book or someone's outline better. But God's the perfect parent and his children don't always listen to him. The New Testament or the Old Testament, I'm sorry, is basically full of stories of God's people not listening to him and going their own way instead. Jesus wasn't always listened to in his life on earth. But God didn't just stop loving his people. He kept loving them. He kept showing them patience and understanding. 
And he remembered that they were just human. And he couldn't expect perfection from humans who are, by nature, we are not perfect. And I think we can really follow his example in this. Not that we are perfect and can do it as perfect as God does, but we can look at this and say, yeah, we can still show our children patience and love even when they don't listen. And please don't mishear me. I'm not just talking about being permissive and letting them walk all over us, ignore us with no consequences. We need to train them and we need to help them learn to listen. And that does involve consequences and guidance and redirection, but we can do it with patience, not this attitude that says, you didn't listen to me the very first time, now you're in really big trouble, and it's this huge, awful thing. We can remember that they are children. We should expect them to need our help and our training to learn how to listen, to learn how to follow instructions. When our kids are learning to walk, we don't just start yelling at them and getting angry when they take a few steps one day, none the next, two the day after that. We support them, and we encourage them, and we celebrate the small successes. And learning to listen, learning to follow instructions, can be a similar thing. So we can do this and be patient with them as we're teaching them, as we're training them to listen, knowing that it's not always easy for them, in the same way that listening to God and doing what He calls us to do is not always easier for us. Growth is often slow and nonlinear, especially character growth. And I think keeping this perspective can really help us when our children are not listening to remember that we can be patient with them because God has been patient with us. The second perspective shift, I think, with this is to examine our expectations. This kind of goes back to the learning to walk thing. Are our expectations even reasonable because I sometimes think that my kids should just know how to listen to me the first time exactly every time right I expect them to function like adults and honestly a lot of adults don't even listen the first time every time um, but I forget that my kids are kids and it is reasonable and expected for them to be immature moving towards maturity like by definition kids are not mature, they're immature. And my job is to help them move towards that maturity, not get angry and frustrated at them for not already being mature. And I know that this is something I fall into a lot, so that's why I'm talking about the perspective shift because I need to hear this. I think it can just be so easy to expect more from our children than we expect from grown adults sometimes. And it can really help our frustration with not feeling listened to when we remember that they need us to teach them how to listen and follow instructions, not just expect them to always do it perfectly and then lose our cool when they don't. And again, I'm really saying this to myself because I find myself in that place often of expecting they should just know how to listen and follow directions without any guidance and training from me. And again, we shouldn't just say, oh, well, I give up, they're never going to listen. This isn't about letting them stay immature, but this is about remembering that I'm helping them move towards listening, move towards following instructions, not just expecting they should already have it figured out. And I think another perspective shifting question to ask ourselves, and this one is uncomfortable, is are we setting them up for success? 
in the, you know, old Charlie Brown, this teacher just talks and talks and the kids just hear wah, 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 wah. And that's in there because it's true. If I'm in the kitchen and my kids are in two different rooms and they're playing and I just start calling out orders to them while they're focused on playing something in another room, they hear want, 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 want. They don't hear my words. They're doing something else. They're focused on something else. How can I expect them to hear me, to focus, to follow through? Think about how would you react if your boss was in his office, like down the hall from yours, and he just started yelling, hey, do this, when you're in the middle of some other project, we wouldn't respond well. And our kids often don't respond well to the same situation. So I think the practical application is here is to look at how are we talking to our kids? How are we giving instructions to our kids? And how can we set them and ourselves up for success? Because it's easy to get frustrated when they don't listen it's harder to examine our own selves and what are we doing that is setting them up to not have success at listening and following instructions. So I think there are a couple of key things that really help our kids to listen. One is physical proximity, being near us. One is focus, helping them to first focus on us, know that we are talking to them so that they are able to actually hear what we're saying. And being clear about what it is we're asking about what we want so that they can really understand. So I think the biggest thing is not calling out directions to our kids from the other room. And I know it's easier for me. I'm trying to cook dinner. My kids are in the other room. I need them to do this or that to just say, hey, can you go do this? Without remembering, oh yeah, that really doesn't help them to focus and to listen to what I'm saying. So I think the first and biggest thing is to either go to where they are or call them to you to just say, okay, Billy, come here, please, or to go to where they are, get at their level, look them in the eyes. Connection matters so much. Feeling valued and important matters so much. So think back to the example, like with your boss calling out orders from his office. If you have a good working relationship with your boss, you feel valued, you feel important, he comes over, he looks at you, he talks to you, says, hey, can you please do this for me? We are so much more likely to want to do that and to listen than if he just walks up to you and says, hey, go do this, right? We want to feel connected to someone. We want, we want our kids to be in a place where they listen to us because they want to listen to us, not because we're making them, because they have to. So giving them that eye contact, connecting, connection is so important. It also helps reduce the distractions if they're looking at us. If your son is sitting on the floor playing monster trucks and you just start talking, he probably just doesn't even hear you because he's focused on what he's playing. At least that's true for my kids. So I think those things are really important. Physically be in the same space as them. Connect with them. Put your hand on their shoulder. Get at their level. Look them in the eyes. And then explain clearly what you're asking for. So explain what's happening, what you need from them. Talk to them politely like you would to an adult acquaintance. We can sometimes find ourselves saying something in a tone of voice or in wording that we would never use with like a random stranger or even just a friend or an acquaintance, another adult. We wouldn't just say, get your shoes on, right? We can say, can you please put on your shoes or something 
kids care about feeling valued, about feeling like they matter, about feeling like we treat them with kindness, with politeness the way we would to other people. And I know that the first time you ask them to put on your shoes is a whole lot easier if you've already asked them 15 times to put on their shoes, then it's really hard to do it politely. And I think that's where um, the consequences come in in the training to help them listen because we shouldn't get to the 15th time. If we've asked a couple of times, then we need to move to the next step, whatever that looks like in your family. And I'm not here to tell anyone how that needs to look in their family. So I think that's a huge perspective shift that we can have is to put ourselves in their shoes and think about what it's really like to be them. So it's a perspective shift that also kind of can change our practices. Because think about what it's like to be a kindergartner or a preschooler. I've seen referenced a few different studies and I didn't look them up myself, but about the number of compliance statements that the average kindergartner gets or the average preschooler. Sit down, pick up your book, open your book, go outside, put on your shoes, take off your coat. All day long, kids are being told what to do. You do this, you do this, these compliance statements. Think about how would you react being told all day long what to do? If you're anything like me, probably not very well. And so, yes, we need to give our kids direction and instruction, but I think we can get creative in the ways that we do this so that they don't just feel like they're being ordered around all day long. One great way to do this is to ask a question because not only is it then us not just telling them what to do, but it also lets them think critically. It, let, it shows them that we think they can figure out the answer to the question and take care of it. It really helps build their self-esteem, not by just like flattery, but by actually trusting them to say, I think you know the answer and I think you know what to do and I don't think you need me telling you what to do. So like an example might be you're getting ready for school in the morning and you say, okay, buddy, what do you need to get done to be ready to walk out the door? Instead of saying, put on your coat, put on your shoes, pack up your backpack, get your lunch, a whole list of things. Ask them and let them tell you or do it. And obviously this has to be age appropriate. If I ask my one-year-old what they need to do to get ready to go to the park, they may know put on their shoes, but they may not know to pack up the diaper bag on their own, of course, right? So that's one thing is to ask questions. Another is to give information and let them connect the dots. Again, this is showing them that we think they're capable. So I can say to my two-year-old, oh, hey, I see your shoes are in the middle of the floor. And he knows we have the routine and the established habit that shoes belong in his little shoe bin. And so if I say, hey, your shoes are in the middle of the floor, he can engage his brain and say, oh, yeah, I know that's not where they belong. I'm going to put them in the bin. And that feels a lot better to him than me just saying, hey, pick up your shoes. So I think there are a lot of little ways we can tweak how we talk to them. And those are some really practical applications. Here's the last perspective shift that I want to talk about in this area about feeling like our kids aren't listening and following instructions. And I think this one is for me the hardest. So we are our children's best teachers, right? We're their first teachers. We are who they learn a lot from. What are we teaching them about listening? Are we teaching them to listen by being good listeners? Or are we trying to teach them to listen 
by not being good listeners. That doesn't really teach them, right? They learn from us how to listen. So imagine you have a friend who ignores most of your phone calls, doesn't really reply to your text messages. When you do get together, they spend most of their time texting other people, painting their nails, reading a magazine, whatever. And then imagine that this friend sends you an all-caps text message saying, come to my house and fix my broken garbage disposal now. Are you really that likely to drop what you're doing and rush over to help them out? Probably not, right? But I think our kids can feel like this. During the day, if they've been trying to say, hey, mommy, look at this. Hey, mommy, can I tell you something? Hey, mommy, look at this. And they can't get our attention. We're always occupied, busy with something else. We don't respond to them. We don't take time to stop and to focus on them, to you know, respond to their text messages, as it were. And then later on, we just yell from the other room for them to come pick up their toys or take a bath. That's not teaching them how to listen. We teach them how to listen by listening. So if your kids are not listening to you, try to pay attention and ask yourself, am I listening to them? Luke 6.31, we're probably all familiar with this as the golden rule. Do to others as you would have them do to you. Um, Another translation that I really like says, treat others as you want them to treat you. If we want our kids to listen to us, we need to take the time to listen to them. Our children learn about communication from how we communicate with them. So if your children aren't listening and you find yourself saying, I just want someone to listen to me, they might be thinking the same thing in their little heads, whether consciously or subconsciously. They might be thinking, I just want someone to listen to me. And saying that out loud kind of makes me cringe because I know this is an area where I need to grow. I expect my kids to listen to me, but so often I find myself not listening to them as much as I don't want to admit that. It's so hard, especially if you have a a talker, a kid who just wants to talk nonstop. But especially for those kids, I think it's a way they feel loved and it's worth our time. And this doesn't mean we just have no boundaries and let them just talk constantly and we never work on anything else. We just sit and listen to them. But it's a need they have to be listened to, just like it's a need we have to be listened to. So if we're not listening to them, they're not going to feel valued. They're not going to feel connected. And then they won't want to listen to us. And eventually they'll give up on us listening to them and they'll stop trying. And then when they're teenagers, when they're adults, we might find that they don't want to talk to us about their lives. They don't want to tell us what's going on because they don't trust us to listen. We've established when they were young that we didn't want to listen to them. And so I think, you know, to put that in more positive perspective, the flip side is that if we do listen now, they'll keep talking. And and I think that's something we all want. We want our teenagers to come talk to us when there's a difficult decision, when there's something big going on in their lives. We want to be involved, and that starts now with being involved and listening when our kids are little. So if we want our kids to pause what they're doing and put down the toys and do what we're asking them to do, then we need to sometimes be willing to interrupt our own tasks and to listen to them, to look at what they want to show us, to hear a joke, to sit on the floor and read a book. When our children feel valued and listened to, they are way more likely to listen to us. 
so again, like I said, we can't just never do anything else and only listen. But I think there are a lot of ways we can kind of work this. And one is being willing to be interrupted, like I said, and just pause washing the dishes for a minute to hear your three-year-old tell a story or something. Another idea is having a special time when you just listen. And this is especially if you have a kid who loves to talk. So bedtime, maybe after school, maybe on the weekend. But my husband came up with this idea a while ago for my son who just loves to talk and tell us things. So my husband would set a timer for some set amount of time and he'd say, okay, buddy, you've got five minutes to just talk and I'm going to sit here and I'm going to listen, you know, active listening, looking at them undistracted, saying, wow, cool, awesome, asking clarifying questions, but letting them just talk for five minutes, 10 minutes, whatever amount of time it is. And I have to say that this was such a great idea he had because now when we do that, my son feels listened to and when he feels listened to, he is so much more likely to listen to us. So that's kind of the first big topic of I just want someone to listen to me. We just want our kids to do what we're asking them to do, to listen when we're talking to them. And so we just covered some of those practical applications, things we can change and tweak in how we're talking to them, and also just some perspective shifts, some different ways about thinking about things that can help us as well with this issue. I think there's a second thing that we sometimes mean, though, when we say, I just want someone to listen to me. We don't mean we want someone to do what we say, but we mean we just want someone to listen to us, to hear our thoughts, our fears, our hopes, to empathize, to make us feel seen and heard and understood. And so now I want to talk for just a couple minutes about that side of things. The first thing, first perspective shift, is that honestly, I think some of the same stuff applies here as when we're talking about our kids. If we want our husband to listen to us, our friends to really listen to us, we have to get honest and ask ourselves, are we listening to them? Are we treating others the way we want to be treated? Are we making sure to spend time listening to our friends, not just waiting for them to finish so we can tell our funny story? Are we spending time listening to our husbands when they've had a stressful day at work? Or are we just waiting for them to stop talking so we can tell about our stressful day at work or our stressful day with the kids? A big goal that I have for my life is to learn to be an excellent listener. And I say learn to be one because I am not there. But I want to be someone who makes people feel heard and valued and seen. Not just somebody who's waiting for the other person to stop talking so I can talk about myself. But like my children who are learning to listen to me, I am still immature in this area and I have so much growing to do. But I think this is an area we can focus on when we're feeling like I want someone to listen to me. I think we need to examine how well are we doing at listening to other people? Because when we choose to listen well to others, we're going to find that others are more willing to really listen to us. And I think the last thing that I really want to say on this, and this is probably the biggest, most important thing, is that I think when we feel like we just need someone to listen to us, can remember that there 
is someone who always wants to listen. If you're home alone with your kids and there's no other adults around, or if you don't have close friends or a supportive spouse who's willing to listen, or you feel isolated at work, you can always pour your heart out to Jesus. We forget so easily that he's with us and he cares and he wants us to just tell him everything. Not because he doesn't already know our issues, because he does, but because he wants us to feel listened to. There are all these psalms, when I was kind of researching for this episode, there are so many psalms that start with like, dear Lord, hear my cry, basically. I mean, complete paraphrase, but lots of different psalms that have this in it. God, please listen to me. And I think that's there because God does listen to us. He wants to hear us. And if you don't have another person in your life who you feel like is listening to you, or even if you do, remembering that we always have someone who is there with us to listen. So you can imagine Jesus actually sitting beside you on the couch in the morning while you're drinking coffee and when you're praying actually visualize you're talking to a friend to someone who cares deeply with you or he's walking next to you while you're pushing your kids on a walk in the stroller I think viewing it this way and saying okay you actually want me to talk to you you want me to tell you these things you want me to feel listened to I think this can be a huge perspective shift. Um, There is an old hymn that I really love. And the little, I'm just going to read the first stanza. I'm not going to sing because you may not all want to hear me sing. Um, It goes, what a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. If you don't know the song or if you do, you should definitely go listen to it. I think it's just called What a Friend We Have in Jesus. I'm sure you can YouTube it or whatever, but I just, I love this line, oh, what peace we often forfeit, oh, what needless pain we bear. And I think a lot of us are bearing that pain of feeling unlistened to, of feeling like I just want someone to listen to me. And when we do feel listened to, there's such peace there. And I honestly think our biggest perspective shift there is that when we feel like I just want someone to listen to me, we just need to remember that there is someone with us every moment of every day who cares for us, who wants to listen to us, and who wants us to pour our hearts out to him. And when we remember that and when we do it, we feel listened to and we find so much more peace and so much more joy there. Thanks for being here and listening today, friends. I really hope that this episode was encouraging and uplifting and brings more joy to your life. I'd love it if you'd leave a rating and a review, subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss future episodes, and tell a friend if this was encouraging to you, share it with a friend so that they can also get these practically joyful mom messages from the podcast. Um, Thanks for being here today, friends, and thanks so much for choosing joy with me.